What is the difference between uh, exchange coupling and spin orbit coupling? Uh, Aubrey said exchange coupling in the book. Uh, exchange coupling is some S1 dot S2 interaction. some very complicated thing that we couldn't possibly understand in this course because we've got two magnetic layers separated by some other layer of non-magnetic material and there's some impurity atom and all the electrons around the impurity atom changes the band structure and there's some complicated interactions between the band structures of the two materials and they approximate it by some correction like that so it's something very complicated, but uh, when it boils down to it's spin one dot spin two, spin orbit is L dot S for an electron in a single atom. So this is some complicated uh, material problem. So we don't have to know about it. What is the difference between the expectation value and the most probable value? Um, so say the distribution of heights of people in the class like that. The most probable value is here. The expectation value, which is the average value, will be somewhere out here because the tail is pulling it out. So the same, if this is a radial wave function, the same thing. The most probable value is where the maximum probability is. So r squared, r squared is the probability as a function of the radial coordinate. most probable value is where the probability is the biggest, but the average value is an average over all of them, so <coughs> it doesn't have to be the same thing. Okay, so the voting results are in, and people want to see question two and four. But I was going to say something about Obama. <laughs> differentiate this with respect to time, the upper component will bring down an i gamma v naught t over 2. Multiplied by an i, we'll get a minus sign. 
And here we'll get it with a plus sign. And uh, <coughs> Z component, this is just minus gamma B naught h bar over 2 times that matrix in our spinner basis. It's as Z is 1 minus 1. So just matching up the coefficients tells you what the thing that multiplies the time in the exponential is. What are the expectation values of S, Y, and SZ? between a wave function and the permission conjugate of the wave function. You don't have to do any intervals because it's just there's only two it's a two state system. So we can write it as the product of spinners and matrices. conjugate of that spinner is this, the I changes sign, and SY, two bytes in the matrix with minus I, I in the off diagonals. size in the exponent add, we get minus a half, minus a half, times i, gamma b naught, z. Three over four to the plus. 
high gallon peanut. sign. So this is cos gamma b cos gamma b naught t plus i sine gamma b naught t. And this is cos minus i sine. There's a minus sign there, so this is two i sine. We don't rearrange the order, we just put a minus sign there. Oops. Now the phases will cancel when we take the inner product. times root three halves, so three quarters. Phase cancels, and then minus a half times a half. So we get two quarters, so each bar over four. Components of orbital and spin are aligned. So that's 
plus a half. And the smallest value is when they're anti-aligned, so that's minus a half. of measuring those two things. So the state where j is 5 halves and jm equals 5 halves <coughs> is unique. this guy. So L times L plus 1 <coughs> minus M times M minus 1. The M lowered by 1. that the lowering operator gives one when we act on these spin half guys. So we just get an h bar, a half, minus a half. So the h bars will cancel. So seven halves minus three halves is four halves, which is two, so that's five. Minus two is four. That's <coughs> two.
divide through by root 5, we have a properly normalized state because 4 plus 1 is 5. Now we also need, what we're trying to find is that <coughs> we're given that we're in this state, L equals 2, M equals 1, and SC is, or SM is a half. So we know that this is a linear combination of that and that. But what we really want is to express it as a linear combination of this and three halves, three halves. Because we're trying to find the probabilities of measuring j is three halves and five halves. This guy is made out of these same states because the z components just add. So both of these add up to three halves for the z component. <coughs> and it has to be orthogonal to this guy because it has a different value of j. that have that total z component. 5 halves, <coughs> 3 halves, and 3 halves, 3 halves. So we want to write the state that we have in terms of the eigenstates of the thing that we're going to measure. Once we have that, then those coefficients tell us the probabilities of measuring those two eigenvalues. <coughs> so <coughs> both of these guys have to be linear combinations of these two states. These are the only ways we can add up the z components to get total z component 3 halves. So we just worked out from this unique state, the lowering operator told us that this 5 halves 3 halves has to be this, and then this guy has to be orthogonal to that because it has a different quantum number, it has a different eigenvalue, and eigenstates with different eigenvalues are orthogonal. So this, up to a phase, there's a unique orthogonal vector in a two-dimensional space. So think of this <coughs> as uh, components along x and y in a two-dimensional space. This is the orthogonal vector in that two-dimensional space. So this is the eigenstate for 3 halves, 3 halves. <coughs> so what do you mean by the overall phase? 
I can multiply this by EDVI theta, and it still represents the same state because any any observable that I try to measure on that wave function would give me the same as this, because that phase will cancel out of any measurement. So I can multiply this by minus one; it's still orthogonal to that. It's the relative phase between these two terms that <coughs> makes it orthogonal to this one up here. There's a relative minus sign between this and this. That's all that matters. So now that I have these eigenstates of J and JM, I can solve for this state in terms of these guys. So if I uh, take twice this and add it to this, these guys that I don't want cancel out. So <laughs> twice the first one, 5 halves, 3 halves, plus 3 halves, 3 halves, have to be equal to 4 over root 5 to 1 half a half. <coughs> Multiplying this one by 2 gives me 4 over root 5, and adding that one gives me 1 over root 5. So this gives me 5 over root 5. Sounds like root 5. So 2, 1, half, half is 2 over root 5. 5 halves, 3 halves. That's <coughs> 1 over root 5. 3 halves, 3 halves. So the probability, given that we start, we're prepared, we've prepared our hydrogen atom in this state. We measure total angular momentum squared. We'll get five halves. We'll get the five half state with the probability four <coughs> over five. And we'll get j equals three halves with the probability one over five. So four fifths and one fifth. Yeah. I have a question back in the the J-squared, are those 35 fourths? Yeah. It's good that someone's checking my math. Let's see what the greater thought was. Okay. 
Eigenvalue problems and eigenvectors with different eigenvalues are orthogonal. If they weren't orthogonal, they couldn't be eigenvectors. So, so the J and JM, those are eigenvectors. Well, they're since it's quantum mechanics, they're eigenstates, eigenstates. but they 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 behave just like eigenvectors. If we make a matrix, we represent our operators as matrices, then these will be eigenvectors of that matrix. And those are the eigenvalues? And those are the eigenvalues of J squared. These are simultaneously eigenvectors of J squared and Jm, or Jz. So there will be a question on Klebsch-Gordon coefficients on the final. <laughs> Not identical. <laughs> so last time we were having fun with degenerate perturbation theory. Uh, we were doing 3D harmonic oscillator. copies of a one-dimensional harmonic oscillator, because we can have excitations in x, y, or z. So it was easy to find uh, all the excited states, and then we added the perturbation to make life more interesting. takes an this term takes an excitation out of the x direction and adds one in the y direction. This one takes one out of the y direction and adds one in the x direction. So why didn't I just write one of these terms? <coughs> Hamiltonians have to be Hermitian. So this is the Hermitian conjugate of that. And we notice that this doesn't do anything <laughs> to how many excitations there are in the <coughs> direction, which is useful. So we worked out the first excited state. <coughs> we found that the what we have to do in the general. So if we look at the first excited state, there were three degenerate states. <coughs> There's one zero zero, zero one zero, and zero zero one. And what we saw was <coughs> that these are not eigenstates at this, because this Hamiltonian 
can change this one into that one or this one into that one. But the good eigenstates were a linear combination. this Hamiltonian acts on this state, this term will lower the y guy, and this term will lower the <coughs> y guy and raise the x guy, so we'll turn this into that, and this one turns this into that. So when the Hamiltonian acts on this state, we just get the state back. When it acts on this state, we get minus the state. So these these are the good states because they're eigenstates of the perturbation Hamiltonian. That means they diagonalize the Hamiltonian matrix. We take X matrix elements of this Hamiltonian between all possible combinations of these states. We'll just get a diagonal matrix. Then once we have a di diagonal matrix, we can just use non-degenerate perturbation theory. So now we're going to do it for the second excited state. And it's much more exciting because there's six degenerate states. <coughs> so we get to diagonalize the six by six matrix. So if you're going to diagonalize this by hand on the board, Second excited states. So there are things like 0, 0, 2, 0, 2, 0, 2, 0, 0. There's 1, 1, 0, 1, 0, 1, 0, 1, 1. That looks like six states. Any more? So if we look at states where the z, z excitation is 1, and look at the overlap where the z excitation is 2, and we know that those, well in fact, let's, let's be really fancy. We know that that vanishes unless the z quantum number is the same. Because our Hamiltonian doesn't mess with z. So a fancy way to say that is that the z component, z excitation operator and z is A plus C, A minus C, that commutes with perturbation.
state, take a matrix element of H prime with two excitations in the y direction. So if nx and ny are 1, 1, then one of these terms will reduce nx by 0 to 0, reduce it by 1, and raise y by 1, and then <coughs> we'll turn into that. So if it's that state, we'll get bh bar omega, and we need uh, the term that lowers x. So a minus, acting on state n, gives us root n, n minus 1. Make plus, acting on n, gives us n plus root n plus 1, n plus 1. So a minus x acting on the state where nx is 1 will give us root 1 times <coughs> 0. And raising the state where ny is 1 will give us root 2. Otherwise, it's all 0. reasoning tells us that when this guy has two excitations in the x direction, it be h bar omega root 2. Everything's symmetric, interchanging x and y. zero. We can get that from zero two zero or two zero zero. So lowering this will give us a root two. And raising that will give us root one. So again, we'll get the h bar omega over 2, 0 otherwise. <coughs> we look at the state where nx is 1 and nz is 1. then we know that this guy has to be 1 because nz can't change.
said the only possibility is that. <coughs> and we'll get root one, root one. Changing x and y. 